This is Radio Wave. We are continuing our retreat with a friend of Medjugorje as we get closer and closer to the most anticipated day, that 40th anniversary of her apparitions, June 24th and June the 25th, 2021. Tonight's broadcast is a little bit longer than the ones that we have been airing for you each night, but it actually is one of our most favorite talks that a friend of Medjugorje has ever given. This talk took place previous to September 11, 2001, and how much his words mean to us today. This talk was titled, This is Her Time, and for many of us here in the community, this actually is one of our most favorite talks that he's ever given. Actually, some of us here in community actually had this talk memorized. That's how much it meant to us. So this is a friend of Medjugorje from the special encounter which took place in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. This is titled, This is Her Time. Don't uh, be deceived and have such a romantic idea for our lady to ask for community to be established. I moved out where I moved to in the woods to be away from people. The last thing I wanted was people, and Maria told me, I said, a community, what kind of community does she want? I never anticipated people being there and living there and doing what I'm doing now. So sometimes the call of God is not what you expect or not the way you'd like to write the script, but nevertheless, if you really seek His will, it ends up in a way that would bring the greatest joy for you. I want to just qualify real quickly before we get started, because there's so much opposition right now that's growing with Medjugorje and a lot of confusion. Is a church against it? Is a church for it? So many people are saying this and that, and who do you listen to, who you don't? Navarro Falls is the spokesman for the Vatican. And I think it was August before last that he put out a statement very clearly that people could go there, and basically the church is not put in any kind of position that would forbid us to do basically what we're doing right here. When the third secret of Fatima was released, out of the propagation of the faith, Bishop Baritone, which is underneath Cardinal Ratzinger. Actually, this is Cardinal Ratzinger's words here. He talked about private revelation as a help to the faith to show its credibility precisely by, by leading people to definitive public revelation. So there is a purpose to private revelations. And while canon law gives us the right to do what we do, Many people say, well, the church hasn't approved it. We can't do this. And so it casts somewhat of a negative light on private revelations. Well, you don't have to believe it. Well, that's true. But when the third secret of Fatima was released, Cardinal Ratzinger also wrote that proper piety is a sign that the faith is spreading its roots into the hearts of a people in such a way that reaches into daily life. Proper religiosity is the first and fundamental mode of inculturalization of the faith. While it must always take its lead and direction from the liturgy, it in turn enriches the faith by reviving the heart. So in other words, simply put, Fatima or Our Lady of Medjugorje or her messages lead us to the public revelations, 
That's the purpose of private revelation. To renew that, to re-indoctrinate that with us, something we've lost. So he says, after qualifying this with many other things, he says, so we have thus moved from the somewhat negative clarification initially needed to a positive definition of private revelation. He goes on and says that the apostle says, do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophesying, but test everything, holding fast to what is good. In every age, the church has received the charisma of prophecy, which must be scrutinized but not scorned. On this point, it should be kept in mind that prophecy, in the biblical sense, does not mean to predict the future, but to explain the will of God for the present, and therefore show the right path to take for the future. The prophet declares the will of God as an indication and demand for the present time. In this case, prediction for the future is a secondary importance. Our Lady is not coming to Medjugorje because the world's in great health. She's coming for a real purpose to lead us to some of the truths that we've lost. And I often hear, well, the church hasn't approved it and I'm staying away from it. And it's really a cop-out, really. Every grace is there for us to be involved and find out what is Our Lady's doing. And we're approaching this June 20 years of apparitions every day. 20 whole years. What is Our Lady doing? What is its purpose? Our Lady's messages, she has said herself, are such importance that she said on April 4th, 1985, I wish to keep on giving you messages as it has never been in the history from the beginning of the world. Now, for Our Lady to say that means that these messages must carry some weight. But how do we put that in some kind of context? What does she mean by that? Are they really that important? She's telling us words that she says are in a way that never in the history of man since the very beginning. Adam and Eve could communicate directly to God. She's going to the origins of man. She didn't vacate any area in history. She said, from the beginning of the world, I will give messages as never before. There's one more significant message that puts it in some kind of context of how important it is of what she's saying. And I've heard it said many, many times, our lady's just saying the same old thing. She's just saying prayer, fasting, conversion. There's a whole lot more lady's saying. A whole lot more. She said on August... 25th, 1997. Dear children, God gives me this time as a gift to you so that I may instruct and lead you on the path of salvation. Dear children, now you do not comprehend this grace, but soon will come a time when you will lament for the message. Our Lady is appearing every day 
something that has never happened in church history for 20 years. Our Lady has said that I will give messages as never before in the history of man since its very beginning. These two things alone, and the fact that she says, when I'm gone, you will lament for these messages, speaks to us of something of the future. She has told us over and over and over, you are in a time of grace. She said another time, she says, this time is my time. When Mariana first had her apparition or with the sixth in, in 1981, she asked for a sign. And one of those signs that was given to her was something insignificant. But Our Lady has told us that you must pray to comprehend my messages. On the 10th anniversary, she actually says, there are those who do not want to take my messages seriously. But you, dear children, read sacred scriptures to find the message for you. And so Mariana was given a sign and a watch ran backwards. Not a big deal. Until you pray and you understand and you put all the messages in context. She had said this is her time. That God was fed up. That Jesus' cup was full in 1981. And he wasn't going to give Mary any more time. And she's in heaven begging for more time. He said time is over. There is no more time. It is it. This is it. And just as the wedding feast to Cana, she's always got a way to get around it. Woman, my time's not yet come. Well, then give me time. No time. Then back up time. She did it. That sign meant something. The angels with Our Lady respond to even her gestures. If Our Lady's happy, she's happy. Or whether the angels are happy. Our Lady's sad, the angels are sad. Our Lady's crying, the angels cry. She's the queen and there's a perfect response. Our Lady does nothing without some purpose to it, some meaning. Even when she doesn't give a message, there's some bearing for us. There's something Our Lady's signifying. Many times Our Lady came, I was just with Maria just a few days ago. Our Lady came and didn't give a message. But Our Lady gave a benediction to the whole world. You got blessed. You got blessed today at 1040. Every single day Our Lady comes to bless the world. Every person upon the earth. You received the grace you may not be aware of, but you received it. And Our Lady is looking for all those hearts in this moment who will be open to her. This blessing carries some significance of which we don't even understand. But Elaine's determined to give it. Once Maria's little boy, Michele, came and tugged on her sleeve during the apparition. And Maria's not aware of their children even when they're around. So sometimes Paolo's at work or her husband. She's by herself. And the apparition wasn't, had just gotten going. It wasn't ready to be over with. 
But the moment McKelly needed his mother, his earthly mother, Our Lady gave the blessing real quick and left. She wouldn't even deny her son his need for, her, for his mother just for a few moments. But what's important about this is that Our Lady comes with 12 stars around her head. She comes as a woman of revelations to do something that is very, very important. To give this blessing for the whole world. And in those few moments when she left, she still gave that special blessing. That's, or rather, that's that regular blessing. It carries something of which we don't understand. One of the Franciscans in the beginning days said that there's some, something great, some great event happens in this moment of this blessing. We in our community prepare every single day for this at 10, 10 o'clock. Rain or shine, we're outside in the field where Maria was in 88, where Our Lady appeared. So something is happening in the world. Our Lady is gathering an army of people through her call, through grace. And some of you here have been on a path for years without even realizing it. A path which she calls you to conversion. A path which many may be surprised where I want to end up with tonight, of what really her call is for you. There's something very, very serious taking place in heaven at this moment. There is something very, very serious taking place in hell at this moment. And there is something of a crisis, an emergency state that is taking place in the world. Our Lady, on August 2nd, 1981, told Maria that a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. Her son, heaven, Satan, hell, humans, earth. A cataclysmic battle. A struggle over souls. The middle ground is disappearing, and we're in a period of real separation, division. Which way are you going to go? To the call or away from it? All of you, if you have any experience with Our Lady of following her or even getting in any kind of prayer life, have already begun to feel that tug. Many, many people call us, write to us. They relate to us, they're struggling. It is difficult. It is hard. The more they pray, the more they suffer. The more they fast, seemingly the more difficult things become. God is moving you. We can't be on the fence anymore. We're in a serious time in the history of man. On January 1st, the Holy Father said that humanity is in a decisive moment. I am absolutely convinced of that by what Our Lady has done in Medjugorje and the things she says and the things we've experienced firsthand. 
Oh, there's the joys. There's the rosary we just said, and you can't tell you how we felt there in that mission house. Just mother, just love. But with the birth of Jesus and the joy that it brought, Mary also was at the foot of the cross. With the spiritual life, it's both things. Our Lady said, I'll you away which is bitter, but contains every sweetness of life. Our Lady wants you to be happy. She wants you to be joyful. Over what? Carrying the cross? Yes, that's exactly what she says. Happy Christians, joyful Christians, carriers of her peace. Society is not connected to God during this age. And if this is her time, this is her moment, this is her, the woman of Revelations, chapter 12. Her goal is to connect you to God, which means a disconnect from many things that have held to you. And those things cause struggle. On July of 1989, the Carmelite nun of Portugal informed, informed or who, who was Sister Lucy, stated that Pope John Paul, on March 25th, 1984, had accomplished what Our Lady had asked for in the consecration for the world and of Russia. And she said, God will keep his word. Now that same date, in Medjugorje, Our Lady appeared, March 25th, 1984, and she said, Rejoice with me and with my angels, because a part of our plan has already been realized. Can you imagine that? These visionaries really at that day didn't have any connection to really what was really going on in Rome. We have through our messages of Our Lady what we found out later, because nobody really even understood that right at that moment, that day. Sister Lucy relayed that later, that it happened that day. And so Our Lady that day says, Rejoice with me and with my angels because a part of my plan has been already realized. She goes on and says, Many have been converted but many do not want to be converted. This was the thousandth apparition of Our Lady in Medjugorje. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't by chance. Our Lady said on August 14, 1989, My dear children, tonight your mother is happy, happy, happy. I was there when she gave that message. And I tell you, I was embarrassed. I said, here we are promoting these messages and our lady's talking like that. What is that supposed to mean? Happy, happy, happy. It's ridiculous. I remember going down the trail from, from uh, Apparition Hill thinking, what, did, what was purpose was this? I didn't understand it. But just as this March 25th message 
that we had no correlation or the visionary of what was going on in Rome, and maybe Rome didn't know what was going on with Medjugorje, it took us years to realize during those moments, this happy, 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 that things were set in course to name a year for Jesus, a year for the Holy Spirit, and a year for God the Father. And Our Lady was happy, 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 because that fourth year was her year during the Jubilee, the October 8th entrustment of the whole world for the next thousand years. Medjugorje is beyond what you comprehend. Our Lady said January 25th, 1987. Dear children, behold, also today I want to call you to start living a new life as of today. Dear children, I want you to comprehend that God has chosen each one of you to use you. Very few people like to be used. You're using me. But who doesn't want to be used by God? To use you. And a great plan for the salvation of mankind. You're not able to comprehend how great your role is in God's design. Therefore, dear children, pray so that in prayer you may be able to comprehend what God's plan is in your regard. You are a chosen people. Many, many times on the Thursday messages, Our Lady said, I choose you. God has chosen you. You're a chosen people. Many times she says just that one phrase. To use you in a great plan for the salvation of mankind. Who would not want that? And here before the sage, who had that but the saints? St. Francis would call singularly. But in our age, in our day, in our time, we have what Louis de Montfort longed for. The time that Mary would be made known as no other time in history. And she would raise up apostles of the latter days. Not the end of the world, the latter days. And they would be purified as the children of Levi. And they would be given rule over the impious. And he ended his writing saying, I long, I long, and I wait for that time. He wanted to be where you are right now. And you wonder why you might be being purified? It's necessary to be bring proper vessels to be used by Our Lady. The saints tell us that the angels call it upon the greatest joy to be called upon by Our Lady for a task. We've had 
several visits of Maria to my home and to our place at the community, Caritas. And the last visit, Maria was in our bedroom, and Our Lady appeared with five angels, and we were overjoyed by this. And Maria was telling us about the angels and how they're so happy to be with Our Lady. And we asked her, since they come with her from heaven, do they, what do they look like? And they're like two and three-year-old angels, equivalent to a child of two or three years of age. And we asked her, what do, what do they do during the apparition? Are they like little cherubs or what? She said this last one, there were two brown-headed ones, two black-headed ones, and one blonde-headed one above her. So we asked her what these angels were doing, and she said they're just sitting there. Just kind of flapping the wings. And so we was questioning about all this and we said, well, do they look at us or do they look at you or do they look around the room? She says, no. And we said, well, surely they're out of heaven for a little bit. They'll just look around like this is strange down here or something. And she said, no. And I said, you mean she doesn't look for, the angels doesn't look for one moment at who's in the room or at even Maria? She says, no, they never take their eyes off of Mary. Because they hold it as the greatest moment or one of the greatest moments in their state of being. Can you imagine that? That for an angel to accompany Our Lady and be in her presence, they hold it among the greatest moment of the state of being. A billion years, you'll still be bragging about it. Or once I did this with Mary. It's incredible. And yet Our Lady's calling upon you to participate in a plan for the salvation of mankind. You, she says, are not able to comprehend how great your role is in God's design. Therefore, pray. To understand what it is God's plans for you are. We are in a luxury moment in regards to where the saints walked. And Our Lady has said, I want you to be apostles of love. I want you to be apostles of goodness. I want you to be apostles of faith. Could Louis de Montfort 300 years ago have been that off pace if our lady is saying this to us now? You are living that moment. It is agony for us so many times to go so close to our lady, to see so much that we see, and not be able to convey to people how big of an event they're in the midst of. A great struggle that is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. The woman clothed with the sun, the moon underneath her feet, a crown of twelve stars, coming to do battle with the dragon. You are living the Bible. We are convinced it's now. Are we Bible scholars? No. We theologians? No. But we love Our Lady, and you can learn more about love than you can all the books in the world. The events as they unfold, 
will be a cause of such joy for us, for those who really have given their life to it, when the time of grace is over. Our Lady has said to follow her messages so that you can be able to learn to walk while she's with us, so you won't be as a child insecure in his first steps when she's no longer with us. Can you imagine that? That we are now in a time, in a period of invitation. She says, I invite you. Repeatedly in her messages, the word invite. Because during the time of grace, it's by invitation only. But don't think everybody else can live their own happy-go-lucky life and nothing's going to happen. Is it going to be able to continue their way? Find me in history. I challenge anyone. Where we live the way we live today in the world. Where the heart of man is so calloused. Where love has grown cold. And any peoples who've walked the earth where God didn't deal with it. How? By letting man go to himself. Romans. He gives man up to his own passions. And God help us when we're left up to ourselves because we're self-destructive. We won't make it. But is this a message of doom and gloom? By no means. No means. Our Lady's messages lead us to great hope, a great future. She's told us last December that a new possibility of peace opens up for us this century. January 2nd, 2000, after the Y2K failure didn't happen, and we were all watching, and even those who were mocking it and saying, nothing's going to happen, they still were watching. And nothing happened. But Our Lady appeared to Mary on January 2nd. And as if, contradicting everything about the 2K, she says, pray and wait. For what? What are we waiting for? Heaven's got a schedule. And we're moving down the road. Why is it that all over the world, everywhere we go, everybody we see, everybody we meet, that is praying two and three hours a day, going to daily Mass, really trying to put forth effort to find out what Our Lady is saying, they all are the same thought. The man is on a bad course. There's others who are Christian and in the church. Feel like everything's just going to go on and continue as is. It's impossible. It can't be. Man needs God's intervention. And Mary is the first steps to that. But we believe this is the moment awaited for 2,000 years. That she's preparing us for something that we don't know, we can't comprehend. Someone asked me, is it the second coming? No question, is it the second coming? Of course it is. All this is preparing for the second coming. Is it tomorrow, 500 years from now? That's what we don't know. And that's not so important. What's important is that we find out and be simple. We can get all complex and make things real complicated and so difficult. 
I was just recently talking to somebody because in our mission, we have strong, strong opposition. Not a lot of people, but there are people who really want us destroyed. You would say, how could that be? We ask the same thing. It's amazing. And the stronger we become as a voice for a lady, the more committed we become, the more strong the voices come against us. So I told this person that we was going through scenarios about this problem and this complication and this, and I says, what we need to do is just go out and play. A lady says, little children, you think they worry about who's going to pay the light bill? Be simple. Satan wants to entangle us and he wants to make things complicated. He wants the spiritual walk to be so difficult when it's really just needs to stay simple. Real simple. So we don't have to get up in so many complexities and scenarios and what is this and what is that. And you got a message that you might think, well, what in the world was a lady saying to us a little while ago? But maybe it was thrown off guard by what preceded it because how many people here worry about family members, their children, their spouse, their wife, their grandmother, their uncle, their boss? And a lady says in here, do not worry for them. Everything is in God's plan. Now, does it make a little more sense? We've seen our lady give us messages that didn't make a hill of beans to us. We didn't understand any of it. And that afternoon, we're like, whoa. How many people don't have problems in their families? Or their work, or their school? And our lady says, surrender all your problems to me. And that's what this is saying. Do not worry for them. Everything's in God's plans. What am I going to do about a problem? Manipulate it, orchestrate it, propagate it, change it. So much is beyond our power to do anything about a situation that the best Solution is a total surrender. And that's what I need to ask of you. Surrender all your problems to me. And when you can learn that, and when you can figure that out, how to do that, and you walk away and you're free, hey, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do what a lady asked me. And I'm just going to live my spiritual life and be simple and let God work out the details. Caritas and its mission is so broad right now, so far-reaching, so impacting. We never know where it's going to come from. We've got a building we're looking at doing something with, and a vendor, a contractor, came out the other day, and he said, talking about the building, and my son came up and got me and said that he's got marriage problems, and he didn't come here for this, but he'd like to talk to me. I went down there and talked to him for 20 minutes. Didn't think nothing of it, and left. And all I did was give him all these messages. I said this and this and this and such. So he calls me two days later. He says, I, I want to know if I can bring my wife up there. I want to see if you can talk to her. I said, well, sure, you know, if you want to. He said, I've been to three counselors, paid a fortune for this on three separate occasions. I've talked to preachers. And you did more in that 20 minutes than all of them put together. It's our lady's message. The solutions are there. 
the sad story is that he did bring his wife. I walked into our reception area. She looks up and she says, I should have known better. I knew her when she was a little girl. <laughs> and what was so funny is I hit the nail on the head, everything about what he was saying the situation, because I knew her home life when she was being raised. But you're able to even peer into the hearts by the message. You see things that you don't have to know the circumstances or the issues. You know through the message. The patterns are, are there. So much is revealed to them. But something interesting with the messages is our lady says, on August 1984, the only attitude of the Christian toward the future is hope of salvation. Because we hear so much about doom and so much about gloom. And here it is, our lady is saying, we only have one hope. That's salvation. So that brings us to what are we to do? Our Lady said on February 25th, 1988, she says, Sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. That puts you in a category where the saints centuries before have walked. That's a huge request. So if this is such a huge request, such a big thing, what is it that Our Lady is asking of us? Lucia in Fatima revealed to a bishop, or really her spiritual director, the following. She says that Jesus has complained bitterly and sorrowfully about the small number of souls in his grace. Not the reprobates, not the heathens, the people in the church. In his grace, who are willing to renounce whatever the observance of his law requires of them. Who are unwilling to do that. You're listening to Countdown to the 40th Anniversary with a friend of Medjugorje. Broadcasting on your favorite station, Radio Wave, 24 hours. The third secret of Fatima, when it was released... said that we saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand. Of course, all this is official. This is the secret long awaited for. We saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand flashing. It gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire, but they died out in contact with the splendor of Our Lady that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand, pointing to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. Pray, pray, pray. Happy, happy, happy. What does this mean? What do you think Our Lady meant by this penance? And since you've heard of the third secret, I think everybody probably here has heard that because we watched in such anticipation. The day before this message was released, Our Lady, I was in Medjugorje. Maria and I was talking about it. And the message that Our Lady gave 
It was June 25th. That was on a Sunday. And it said, Dear children, today I call you to prayer. The one who prays is not afraid of the future. The very next day, the Vatican released the third secret of Fatima. And that's where the angel shouts to the earth, Penance, penance, penance. What kind of penance is Our Lady asking of us? And this is the real surprise. Lucia goes on and says, this is the penance. Now, she knows the third secret of Fatima. This was wrote in 40, 1945, somewhere around that time. So she's speaking, not in revealing the third secret of Fatima to her spiritual director, but she's saying something that she knows is in this message about penance. And she says, this is the penance which the good Lord now asks. The sacrifice that every person has to impose upon himself what do you think that is? Kneeling down? We fast many times for nine days at a time on bread and water in our community. We walk on our knees long distances around the statue. We once, I was in Medjugorje, and we'd been there for a whole month with Maria. Our Lady never gave a message. I said, Mary, if you give a message today, we love your words so much. If you just give a message, I promise you, I, with the whole community, will go to Guatalapui. That's a waterfall we have up in the mountains, a grotto of our statue of Our Lady there. We'll go five times up and down barefooted. Our stones at our place is not like Medjugorje. They're little pebbles, and they hurt. And our lady gave a message that night. It was pray, pray, pray. And I think the community wanted to kill, kill, kill. Because <laughs> it was hard. It took us two months to do it. But we did it. So we're used to this kind of life. So when our lady says, penance, or rather the angel said, penance, penance, penance. What do you think she means? That kind of penance? We have to do that. Because of where we are in our position, if we don't, how will we ever stay on course? We have to pray three hours a day, aside from daily Mass, just because of the lives and the position we've been placed in. And we know if we don't, we'll be in trouble very quickly. But Our Lady says through Lucia, or what Lucia reveals, she says, this is the penance which the good Lord now asks, the sacrifice that every person has to impose upon himself is to lead a life of justice in observance of his law. Profound. That's the penance that the angel's asking for. That's easy. Live his commandments. Is it? He requires, Jesus, that this way be made known to all souls. For many of those souls think that the word penance means great austerities. And not feeling in themselves the strength of generosity. For these which is his law, lose heart and rest in a life of lukewarmness and sin. She says the Lord said directly to her, the sacrifice required of every person is the fulfillment of his duties in life 
and the observance of my law, that is the penance that I now seek and require. This is what I was asking. Simply that you do your state in life in accord with God's precepts. Well, I do this. I keep the commandments. Do you? Do you work on Sunday? And if you don't, are you willing to go to a restaurant and pay somebody else to work for you? Jesus said, Adultery in the heart is then committed. That's a thought. If you're willing to pay somebody for a meal on Sunday working for you, you're paying them to work. That's an action. We've lost our way. Oh, that's elementary, we say. This is something small. This is not a big deal. How can you complain about somebody else and their great sin when we can't clean up small sin in our own life? It is a serious, serious violation. It's a commandment. And yes, it's the elementary entry. Thou shalt not kill. You wouldn't do that. But what is slander? Murder. It's murder. You kill when you do that. You kill somebody's reputation. You kill somebody's character. The penance our lady's asking for us is to live God's precepts. And somehow, some way, this modern society has been so cleverly orchestrated by Satan that we have forgotten those commandments. Or we may know them. But we do, we live them. When this began to be manifested in our community, we choked. I mean, we literally choked. We were flying on Sundays, we were doing this, we were going all over the place. We didn't know how we were going to do it. We began to model our life and change it. And it's difficult. And that's why Jesus says... The sacrifice required of every person is the fulfillment of his duties in his life and the observance of my law. This is the penance I now seek. Because it takes strength. It takes a huge strength now just to live the commandments and follow, follow them. But what I'm telling you can overwhelm you. There's a psalm that I really want to give to you as homework. It's Psalm 119. It takes up two and a half pages of the Bible. And I'm just going to pick at random what it says. Your word, O Lord, endures forever. It is firm in the heavens. Through all generations, your truth endures. You have established the earth, and it stands firm. According to your ordinances, they still stand firm. All things serve you. Your ordinances. Behold my afflictions and rescue me, for I have not forgotten your law. I have not forgotten your law. We have, and we won't rescue Plead my case and redeem me for the sake of your promise in giving me life. 
Far from sinners is salvation because they seek not your statutes. What is God's statutes? That's the penance that our lady's asking for you. Both in Medjugorje, continued from Fatima. I dare say that if a wife lives her duty, her call perfectly, if a father lives his duty, his call perfectly, all the societies across the world and all the problems will clear up. It's that simple. Yelena, the Interlocutionist of Medjugorje, said that a child learns the love of God from his mother and father loving each other. Not loving the child, the love between the mother and father. Today we are raising monsters. They know no mother, they know no father. I asked Mariana once, we stumbled into a conversation about a prayer that she had from Our Lady. She says, a secret prayer. I said, is it part of the Ten Secrets? She said, no. I said, well, then you can tell me something about it, huh? She says, no. I said, well, if it's not part of the Ten Secrets, why should you have it? Why can't I have it? She says that her and Visca alone have this prayer. I said, what is the prayer for? She says, it's for non-believers. And I asked her, what is it going to do? She says, it's something that Our Lady comes to her on the second of each month, and Visca, she doesn't know, but Visca says this prayer with Our Lady, and Mariana says it with Our Lady. I said, will this prayer be released one day? She says, yes. And through conversation with her, she said that it's something like the rosary. She says, it's a continuous circular prayer. That's all I could get out of her in reference to the prayer. But she said that this is going to be some kind of grace for non-believers, and it's a prayer for non-believers. I said, what for? She says, so that they can experience the love of God. And when she said that, I thought, wow. So many people walk around the earth today, deformed, adults, 50 years old, 60 years old, us, many of us injured, but somebody who's never really even experienced the love of God. Never had those two pillars to be raised in. And because of that, and through many times no fault of their own, they don't even have a belief in God. But through this prayer, something's going to happen into everybody upon the earth that they're going to be somehow illuminated. Whatever you want to call it, however you want to define it, I don't know. She wouldn't define that. But some grace will come to the earth where they, everybody, us included, will experience the love of God. And in that moment, we'll have to decide one way or the other, toward God or toward Satan. Well, how could you want Satan? If you experience and really taste God's love and feel that, if you've never felt it, surely you'd want God. Is that the case? That he want Jesus? People will still choose Satan because they're going to be more angry with God that they now have experienced his love and they want advice instead. So when Our Lady sent Maria out August 2nd, 1981, after telling her great struggles about to unfold, about the war between heaven and hell and earth in the middle, all of us, she went out to a place called the Gumno. The Gumno is a place where her family went to bring their wheat. And this is the site 
where they beat the wheat, separating the chaff from the wheat. The good from the bad. You know what else happened on that site? That's the rest of the story, because what I just told you is the hidden side of it. It's the story most of you know about. It's where people lined up to touch Our Lady, and those with sin soiled her dress and needed to go to confession. And those on one side didn't. Light and dark. This action of Our Lady was a sign supporting August 2nd, 81's message, the struggle that's about to take place. So we are living moments in history of which we can't fathom the depth. Medjugorje is so profound. Our Lady has told us, you must pray to comprehend the profoundness of the message. If they're just simple repetitive messages, why is she saying that? Why is she telling you, you will omit for these messages if they're just simple messages? There is something huge taking place in your midst. And oh, how sad, how sad to let this time pass you by. Even with the Christ, people were confused. The centurion at the foot of the cross, what did he say? At the moment of Jesus' death, surely this is the Son of God. He was wondering. Are you wondering? Are you struggling? Are you choosing light in every situation? Do you love God above everything? In your hundred choices a day that you come across, are you choosing God? And I know most of you, really all of us, aren't always doing that. It's not that simple. Our world and our society has got us like this. Check yourself. Out of all the decisions you have to make, ask yourself in every instance, okay, am I choosing God in this situation or am I not? Then we can begin to understand this is penance. This is real difficult. Mariana said that Our Lady never once, never once in her whole life did not put herself second. In every situation, she placed herself second. Can you imagine us even carrying on for one day doing that in every situation? We're such a selfish-oriented society. Everything is do for yourself. You need your little time. We are being taught by Our Lady a new way, a new way to the old way. It's no new revelation. That all ceased with John when he died. But it is new revelation about old revelation. And what's so applicable about it for us today is that we live so different than John lived. We live so different than people did a thousand years ago or five hundred years ago or two hundred years ago. We live different. And so today Our Lady comes and gives messages for a modern society to show us how to live our life and how to lead us to the gospel, how to lead us to the scriptures. This is like a preface for the Bible. It's not the Bible. I'm not saying that. Mary's not God, but she leads you to God. She's beneath them, but she's above the angels and us. This is above every human works you'll ever see, 
but it's not the Bible. It leads you to the scriptures. It parallels her role. And that's why she says, I will give messages as never before in the history of men since the beginning, because for this day and age, we need it. We have to have it. Because to live our state in our life, to live, just, just to be a mother today, to really live motherhood, that if Our Lady won't leave McKellie's son, or Maria's son, McKellie, for 10 seconds, 10 measly seconds, and Our Lady's watching the whole situation, and she's got to give this important event, this benediction to the whole world, if Our Lady quickens this whole huge heaven and hell, this whole thing, this benediction, she quickens this and leaves, we could throw our children in daycare. We are off base. We're off base. St. Paul said, I want to give you solid food, but I have to give you baby's milk. Our Lady said, As I bore Jesus in my womb, so too I want to bear you into holiness. And it's not all sweet. And it's not without suffering. To be Christian today is to be martyred. To follow God's precepts in this day and age, you will find death a relief. November 25th, 1997. Dear children, today I invite you to comprehend your Christian vocation. These are Mary's words today. Little children, I led and I am leading you through this time of grace that you may become conscious of your Christian vocation. Holy martyrs died witnessing. I am a Christian and I love God over everything. Our Lady wants us to put God in the first place. The very first place. And when you do that, you'll begin to feel as though you're dying. Because there's so many things, so many contradictions of what's going on in the, our pool and how we're geared and how we're structured and our work, our school, even our churches, everything. Our Lady says, the church has forgotten fast in the last quarter century. Everything's against us. But Our Lady's for us. Today, to live Our Lady's call is penance. We composed, or I really wasn't part of it, the community. At the beginning of the school year, we always do something special for the kids. And at the beginning of our school year, because there was some suffering and real difficulties uh, in our community, we had some of the people put together a song and it was really based in the high school in Colorado where the young girl was confronted. It was her time. She was asked point blank at the end of a barrel of a gun, do you believe in God? And the witnesses says, of course, that she paused for a moment, recollected herself, and they said she was praying is what they believed. And she said yes. And she had to swim in the sea. 
I killed her right there. We are living in a more and more hateful society. We don't know where it's going to lead to, but we have our ladies' words right here saying, holy martyrs died witnessing. We see so much agitation coming up of light against darkness. Who would have believed 20 years ago that a doctor would go inside of a womb, turn the baby physically around, pull it out, and stab it in the back of the neck and kill it? We didn't have that ability to even reason that 20 years ago, but it's happening every day in postmortem abortions. And a man can do that to a baby. What can he do to a Christian? I don't know what will happen. But I know these are our lady's words, not mine. Not my words. And so our lady's asking us to live our daily life. That's our penance right now. Where that will lead to, what kind of society we're going to inherit in the future, who really can tell? But our lady just gave her last message and she said, January 25th, to children today, I call you to renew prayer and fasting with greater enthusiasm until prayer becomes a joy for you. Little children, the one who prays is not afraid of the future. The one who fasts is not afraid of evil. Is Our Lady sensationalizing? Is she trying to get us excited for no purpose? This is fresh. This was the last message to the whole world. She just said this. Her words. No interpretation. Little children, the one who prays is not afraid of the future. The one who fasts is not afraid of evil. So we're not to be in fear. But we are to be in prayer and we are to do our daily penance and that's our state in life. So we're going to play this song at this moment. And close your eyes and just listen to the words. And could you do that? Could you really swim in the sea? If that question came to you, are you living sacrificially every day to perfection or trying to live toward perfection, just simply what God's asking you to do and following His commandments, that if you're faced with the question, could you do the same? Dear children, I have chosen this parish in a special way, and I wish to lead it. It was a test we could all hope to pass, but none of us would want to take. I have chosen you in a special way, just the way you are. Faced with the choice to deny God and live, for her there was one choice to make. This was a time, this was a dance She lived every moment, left nothing to chance She swam in the sea, drank of the deep Embraced the mystery of all she could be This was her time I have chosen you I have confided in you everything that is essential I have also shown you many terrible things. You must now bear it all with courage. You must remain courageous. Though you are mourning and grieving your loss, death died a long time ago. Swallowed in life so that life carries on. Still 
This was the time, this was the dance She lived every moment, if nothing to chance She swam in the sea, drank of the deep Embraced the mystery of all she could be What if tomorrow, and what if today Faced with the question, oh what would you say? that Satan retreats from the parish and from every individual who comes into the parish. I will pray to my son Jesus to give you the grace to experience the victory of Jesus in the temptations of Satan. Do not surrender. Let prayer be your weapon. Prayer will obtain victory. Do not surrender. This is your time. This is your dance. Live every moment, leave nothing to chance Swim in the sea, drink of the deep Call on the mercy, hear yourself pray I am calling you to the light, which you should carry to all the people who are in darkness. Dear children, give them the light. But your witness is so critical. And what we're to be is, is the stars in the night who say nothing, but say everything by their brilliance. Silent. It's your witness, it's your witness, it's your witness. This is your time, this is your dance. Live every moment, nothing Little children, I led and am leading you through this time of grace that you may become conscious of your Christian vocation. Holy martyrs died witnessing. I am a Christian. This is your time. Dear children, I want you to comprehend that God has chosen each one of you in order to use you in a great plan for the salvation of mankind. I'm convinced that we will never understand how important our role is in this plan of salvation. But during this new time, this special time, a particular time, that we're never going to know what we're doing nor the impact of it until we're in heaven and we can really see it. I love you, and in a special way, I have chosen this parish, one more dear to me than the others, in which I have gladly remained when the Almighty sent me. Get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to God, to a way of salvation. Dear children, I desire to share my joy with you. In my immaculate heart, I feel that there are many of those who have drawn closer to me and are, in a special way, carrying the victory of my immaculate heart in their hearts by praying and converting. I desire to thank you and to inspire you to work even more for God and His Kingdom with love and the power of the Holy Spirit. I am with you and I bless you with my motherly blessing. It's a hundred years from now, two hundred years from now, three hundred years from now, 
when people will be in awe about what was it like to be there. Dear children, today I invite you to open yourselves to God the Creator so that He changes you. Little children, you are dear to me. I love you all and I call you to be closer to me and that your love towards my immaculate heart be more fervent. I wish to renew you and lead you with my heart to the heart of Jesus. Through you, I wish to renew the world. Comprehend, little children, that you are today the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Thank you with all my heart. And do not forget that I am your mother and that I love you. With Maria, it was just her and I by herself. And uh, Our Lady had an apparition. And after the apparition, Maria said, Our Lady gave a message for you and your family and the community. Her husband didn't come home from work. Her mother-in-law and father-in-law were coming down. They got sick just before it, so it just ended up her and I both. But Our Lady gave this message for the community. It said, Little children, I desire that through your lives you are witnesses, that you are my extended hands, my instruments. Get as many hearts as you can close to my heart and lead them to a way of salvation. That's our role here tonight, is just to give you just a little bit of the tip of how big this plan is. And our appeal is that we say enough to you just to pique your spiritual interest, that you go deep into Our Lady's messages. I, I can't possibly stay here in, in just a couple hours and express to you why I was willing to walk away from a business, change my whole life, uh, allow people into my life that I, I not even have, in some ways, things in common with, to become family, really family, more than my own blood except that Our Lady has formulated a plan that connects all this. There's no way to convey it. You're going to have to find most of this on your own. And it's my hope that we got you close enough or said something to you or some grace hit you enough. These next days you'll do that. Take this Psalms 119. Study it. Because your only test is just start living the commandments. But you're going to have to pray to understand what those commands mean in your life. And it's not easy. It is penance. But it is required. That's the exam. It is required. Be a Christian. Be a Christian. It's not easy. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You, know, you gather these souls here, and on this January 1st, you said that Satan has been unchained. Your next 
sentence in regards to that was to consecrate ourselves to you and to your son. And so it is through these three simple prayers we take those first steps. Let this be our daily action and that we consecrate ourselves to you in a special way. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. Remember Psalm 119. Really study it for this next week. If you hadn't got a message book, get it. If you can't afford it, we'll give you one. It's that important. We'll have somebody else donate something to cover that. But it's really important. If you put this in your life and pick a message every single day. If you just start off with three Hail Marys in the morning. Thank you for coming.